Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. Submissions are now open until August 1st for the Sweetie Cat Press Anthology, The Whole Wide World. The submissions should be episodes of no more than 3,000 words and as few as 50 words about the worldwide adventures of Detective Curly Knucklewad and his assistant, Miss Wanda Wowser, as they go on a manhunt for the unknown thief of the limp noodle sauce recipe stolen from the secret government food laboratory in San Francisco. Submission guidelines are in the blog section of the Sweetie Cat Press website at sweetiecatpress.com. That's sweetiecatpress.com. S-W-E-E-T-Y-C-A-T-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives, researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas. HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. Summertime is here, and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at MythMark.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Or travel with poet Christopher Bice as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Ren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books? We got them too! Hot Off the Press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for $4.99. Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only $2.99. Also, just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only $33.99. Or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Bickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at MythMart.com. For more information, go to www.MythMart.com. 
Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at mythmark.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on our wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to Lupa's Bits episode 51. That's right, we're getting down to the big day. How you been? I am your host, Lupa Vardy, aka Stephanie J. Vardy. Yes, I roll my eyes every time I say that, just in case you're wondering. I'm pretty sure those people that know me well enough can hear the eye rolling. One of these days, the eyes are going to roll right out of the head. I'm good. It's actually been a really good week for me, sort of. (laughs) It's been a really stressful week for me. It's been a really good week for me. Uh, My new niece or nephew was scheduled to be born on the 5th through C-section. The little doodle had a mind of its own and decided, nope, Independence Day sounded really, really good. So my brother-in-law had to pack a bag very, very quickly because he was going to go that night or that that morning and be there. My sister called and went, "Uh, no, you need to come now. He beetled off down to the hospital and a few hours later, well, before she was already taken into surgery before he got there, COVID restrictions and everything. He's not, he wasn't allowed to go in. Um, they ended up putting her right under anyway. So he really wasn't allowed to go in. Bingo, bingo, boombo, Bob's your uncle. I now have a brand new spanking niece. She is three days old and she is the most adorable little thing I've ever seen in pictures. and video because I haven't actually seen her in person yet. She's got the cutest little round bobblehead and she's absolutely adorable. And because she was born on the 4th of July, I have given her, as you all have heard, I nickname all of my nieces and nephews. And so far we have Handsome, he's the oldest, and then Bug, and then Mighty Mouse, and those are all boys. And then we have Haley Bailey, and now this one is my doodle. And it's because it's pretty much, I'm not going to be allowed to call her my Yankee Doodle Dandy because we're Canadian. (laughs) So Doodle is about as close as I'll be able to get to that. Anybody that knows that she was born on the 4th of July will understand what Doodle means. She's my little Doodle bug. She's adorable. She's absolutely adorable. She had a few, she's a preemie, a very preemie. Uh, Technically, she wasn't actually due until the beginning of August. And they were going to do... The, usually when you have a, C, a scheduled C-section, they take the baby two weeks early. And we're going to do that the 27th of July. And then it got bumped back to the 13th because of the health issues that my sister was having. And then it got back bumped back to the 9th. And then they decided, okay, well, maybe she's not going to make it that far. We'll do it on the 5th. And Doodle decided, <laughs> no, I'm going to be independent and do it on Independence Day. <laughs> and she did. And she... Uh, she had some breathing difficulties uh, the first couple of days, and they had her on CPAP, and they would take her off, and her sats would drop, and they would have to put her back on it right away. So they were concerned because the longer that the baby's on it, 
um, the more dependent they become on it and the harder it is to wean them off. And I think it was yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, um, my sister and my brother-in-law went down to the NICU to see her. And of course, you know, everybody's all gathered around and panic has ensued. <laughs> and she has decided, that's it. I'm done with CPAP. And she pulled everything off herself and removed it all and has been off of it ever since. So I think she's going to be um, a very independent, a very strong-willed little girl, which is, you know, call me monkey toes for nothing. I dropped my pen and I, I always have something in my hands to play with while I'm recording. It's usually my pen. Anyway, um, which will be nothing unusual because her sister, her older sister, is very strong-willed and she is fast approaching two. She will be two in August. And as of late, the, her favorite word is now nope, not no, not no way, not uh-uh, it's nope, with a P, nope. Haley, you're getting up? Nope. Haley, you're getting down? Nope. Haley, do you want to eat? Nope. Haley, do you want to stop eating? Nope. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Her first answer is nope, yes. <laughs> She's just, oh. The two of them were, were a handful today. I love them to pieces, and I'm really enjoying spending all this time with them. But any woman my age that decides to have a baby now is crazy. I'm sorry, plain and simple. Unless you have, like, a nanny and a wet nurse, because don't forget, there's feedings every two hours, and all of the other fun stuff that goes with it. And I couldn't imagine, like, if I had a baby now, I'm 49, I would be 52 by the time the child was three I can't keep up to the three-year-old now, never mind in three years from now. <laughs> Holy moly. No. I mean, I've had my moments where I've kind of been like, you know, I'd like to do this again. And and I think it'd be so cool to have a little baby. And, and then reality sinks in and it's like, okay, wait, no, it's not just, you know, snuggling the little baby and the happy moments. It's the two o'clock feedings and the four o'clock feedings and the six o'clock feedings and the never ending diapers and the sleep deprivation and smelling like baby puke and poop for the first, you know, eight months. And the, the havoc it wreaks on your body. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I love kids. I really do. I just want to love somebody else's children. I, I love all mine, and they're all grown up now, and I will love other people's small children because I can give them back when I'm tired. <laughs> I, I don't have to get up in the morning. Well, right now I do. And actually, it's not the kids that are getting me up at the crack of stupid. It's the dog. They got a dog, and they weren't expecting my sister to go into the hospital, so this was kind of an emergency. So they got a dog. They got a puppy. 12-week-old puppy. It's now four months. And it's a little bit of a wild child, uh, to say the least. And my brother-in-law gets up for work at 4.30 in the morning. So he would get up, and they were following this whole training book that says that puppies can only hold their bladder for three hours. So my brother-in-law was setting his alarm, and he was getting up every three hours, and he was taking the dog out for a pee. And Okay. Well, because... Piper got used to getting up at five o'clock in the morning with my brother-in-law. She seems to think that by 6.30, she has had enough. She needs to get up and pee and eat. So I am kind of staggering downstairs at 6.30 in the morning, 
you know, one eye open, one eye still trying to sleep and hair looking like Medusa, pajama top on, shorts because it's been hotter than Hades, taking the dog out front. I think I've scared the neighbors, taking the dog out front so that the dog can pee, holding the leash going, ah, I want to sleep. Bringing the dog back in, holding the leash because if you let go of that leash, if you take the dog off the leash, then she will run around the house and she will run down the hall and wake up the children. I don't want the children awake at 6.30 in the morning. I won't make it. I won't. I won't make it. I will I will be done by noon. I hold the leash, I feed the dog, put the dog back in the crate. And then I spend the next 20 minutes going, Piper, be quiet. Piper, shush. Because she's in her crate now crying. And normally, I am a very animal-loving person. And a crying animal breaks my heart. But at 6.30 in the morning, I want to break the animal. I just want to sleep. That's all I want to do. At least a little bit longer than 6.30. And because I have a job, <laughs> I have things I have to do. I have outside responsibilities other than just being here. Um, I try and get all of my stuff done in the afternoon during nap time. Well, nap time doesn't usually start until 2.30 in the afternoon and usually runs till 4.30. So I get about two hours, maybe. I don't get a whole lot done because you just, I can't get any writing done. Writing's just, it's not, I mean, I'm trying but it's just not happening. Not yet. I'm getting, I'm keeping with all of my professional obligations, sort of. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm really, really trying. I, I'm keeping the important ones up to date. I'm staying on top of the important ones. Unfortunately, I have a very strong feeling that there will be not, there will not be any minutes for the meeting this Sunday. <laughs> I'm trying. Yes, my live studio audience just looked at me and went, er, <laughs> what do you mean? I did put a notice in the group chat for the board, so he cannot say he was not informed. Not my fault. Not a loop of problem. <laughs> no. <laughs> I told people. And yes, I am I am making more of a point of my live studio audience because he's actually going to be on the show later. So you actually get to meet the live studio audience, the better part of the live studio audience. You'll figure that out later. Anyway. So, yeah, that's kind of how my week has been, um, chasing short people and chasing sleep, really. I, You've seen the meme on Facebook. I really do feel like some kind of exhausted pigeon. <laughs> I, remember I, when, I remember the days when I used to be able to stay up till like 3 in the morning, sleep for two hours, get up, do my hair, do my makeup, get dressed and go to work. And work all day and then come home and do it again and be fine. Now I'm trying to find ways to intravenously put coffee into my body before I'm out of bed <laughs> just to get me out of bed. It's like it's insane. I mean, I'm not that old. I'm not as young as I used to be, but I'm not that old. But I'm tired. I tell you, two, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, they have more energy than a nuclear power plant. Holy and I can't keep up and then cook dinner tonight only to find out that the uh, roommate doesn't necessarily like cheese and I made my famous stuffed chicken breast which is stuffed with guessed it cheese but he was okay with it he liked it he, the cheese the kind of cheeses that he doesn't like is like ricotta and cottage cheese and I'm like dude I wouldn't put that inside of a chicken breast anyway that goes in lasagna so remind me to make lasagna next week no I'm kidding <laughs> no I'm not yeah it's been a it's been a busy week. I'm here with my mom. My mom's helping. That's all I'm going to say on that. 
And I'm not sure exactly how much longer I'm going to be here. I know when she comes home with the baby, well, from like the day the baby's born, the doctor has, doctor always recommends no visitors for the first three months for a regular birth. In a COVID birth, it's definitely no visitors in or out for three months. So I'm kind of hoping I can get them settled and, and into a routine and doing well before the three months are up. Because <laughs> that would basically put me here until September. And then I would fly home and say hello to my apartment and pack some clothes, pack my car, and hopefully head for the border. So, oh, I'd have to call and cancel my uh, internet. It is what it is. Things are getting better here with the whole um, lockdown situation. We are no longer in lockdown. We are now in phase two. Phase two, people. We are in phase two of um, our roadmap to reopening. <laughs> and there have been stories all over the internet today, ever since Monday about how um, the border has eased their restrictions. And I've read their, their, what they're claiming are the easing of restrictions. And the only thing that they have eased on their restrictions is people entering our country if they have had a full round of shots of an accepted shot in Canada, like Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, or AstraZeneca, they don't have to quarantine for 14 days. They can go home. I'm not trying to get into my country. I'm trying to get out of my country. <laughs> so I don't care about quarantining when I come home. I live alone. I can do that. I want to get out. Let me out. So, But they are saying that um, they're talking in terms of weeks now. The... Border closing gets revisited again on the 21st of this month. They do it the 21st of every month. And then they all say, oh, no, we're going to extend it till the 21st of next month and we'll revisit it then. So we'll see what they say. I'm I'm not getting excited about it yet. I'm far less depressed than I was about it three months ago, two months ago. Things are looking up. Things are getting better. So, okay. So we're going to do, I don't even know how long we've been, I've been yammering at you. 20 minutes. Holy crap. Well, not a full 20 minutes. There's stuff at the beginning that is going to be deleted. <laughs> you won't get to hear that stuff. Uh, we are going to do some Fun Fact Friday. Actually, wait a minute. Before we do, I want to bring on my special guests tonight. And then we'll do Fun Fact Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we'll do Fun Fact Friday. Unless my special guests are not ready. I'm speaking to the live studio audience. Who Actually, I can't even... The way you were sitting, I couldn't see you because... When I switched over to my browser page for the Fun Fact Friday, it pops up a little window and the hang up button was your head. That would be very satisfying. Oh, think about that. You're fighting. Remember? Okay. Remember back in the day, and I'm talking to my Gen Xers now. Remember back in the day, you would get mad at somebody and you'd slam that phone receiver down and it felt really, really good. And it made that bang. And every now and again, if you hit it just hard enough, the bells inside the phone would ring. They would clang together. You can't do that with a cell phone. You just shake your head there, little young one. You can't do that with a cell phone. You'll break it. But when you're having a Skype conversation and you get them sitting just right where that hang-up button is over their head, you punch that mouse and it would be very, very satisfying because it's almost like slapping them in the face. <laughs> just saying. Okay, so the live studio audience is not ready yet, so we're going to go into a couple of fun facts, just because. I was actually looking at some of these. There's 175 of these here, and I promise you, I will not do all 175. 
Okay. Um, I know I said that last week. It ended up doing most of the 65, but you know. Okay. So this one was really, I thought really, really cool. And it's about a sea slug. And did you know that the severed head of a sea slug can grow a whole new body? Think about that. You tuck, you cut your head off and you just grow a new body. Sounds like something out of a horror film, but it's all too real. The Elusia CF marginata, a type of sea slug, has been found not only to not only survive decapitation, but to be able to grow a whole new body from it. Ecologists at Nara Women's University in Japan found that a few hours after having their heads severed from their bodies, the snail's heads were already nibbling on algae as if nothing had happened. I don't, is the stomach in the, in the head? In about 20 days, one third of the sea slugs studied had fully grown back their bodies, heart included. So these slugs can survive with no hearts, no stomachs, no, just a brain, just a brain. And carry on like nothing's happened. Hmm. I know some people like that. I found that one kind of... Now, this one I knew. This one I knew. Um, And I think most people do. The heads on Easter Island actually have bodies. They're not just heads. They're not just these, these heads that... Statues that they put. There are actual full bodies underneath these heads in the ground. The iconic stone heads protruding from the ground on Easter Island are familiar to most, but many don't realize what lies beneath the surface. I'm assuming that's in the 2010s. Archaeologists studying the hundreds of stone statues on the Pacific Island excavated two of the figures revealing full torsos, which measure as high as 33 feet. So it kind of makes you wonder, these heads, these I mean, these are solid stone statues, okay? 33 feet tall was the ground there and just kind of over thousands of years built up around the statues. Did they dig holes and put the statues in the holes and bury them? Going, (laughs) can you imagine the questions this is going to bring up in a thousand years? Nobody knows. I'd like to think that, you know, the earth just kind of grew up around the statues. But if you think about it, there's maybe... 15 feet of head above the ground. So that would mean another 15 to 17 feet below the ground. So that's 17 feet of earth that has had to accumulate around these statues. And some of them, it's just like the heads just are peeking out. Some of them, the necks and the heads. Okay, so yeah, I'm not going to the moon because, you know, moonquakes. I'm nervous when I go to California because earthquakes, so I'm not going to the moon. Moonquakes. Not happening. Okay, so this one I thought I thought was really, really cool, too. It's all about goosebumps. And, you know, you get, ooh, you're talking about something, and it's really impactful, and you get goosebumps. Or you're suddenly creeped out, and you get goosebumps. There's a reason for that. Why do we get goosebumps? In this physiological reaction, small muscles attached to individual body hairs contract, which leads the hair to stand on end. Yes, There are small muscles attached to each hair on your body. Think about that. We inherited this ability from our ancestors in part as a way for our then coat of body hair. Yep, we were hairy. To capture air beneath it and in that way retain heat. But as George A. Bubnik, yes, Bubnik, that's his last name, a physiologist and professor of zoology at the University of Guelph in Ontario, which is about an hour and a half from where I am right now, my sister went there, explained 
to Scientific American. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just snorking at the irony. It also caused our ancestors to appear bigger than they were, helping to ward off predators when they were frightened or on the defense. With modern humans having less body hair, goosebumps no longer cause us to look that much more intimidating. Kind of makes us just look fuzzy. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of an interesting little thing. Okay, so you know when you go to the store and you buy like a pear cider or you buy a mango cider or a pineapple cider, do you know there is no such thing as pear cider? They say pear cider, but it's not. Wait, you're probably thinking, I had pear cider just last week. Actually, cider is an alcoholic beverage made from fermented apples. And only apples. Alcoholic beverages can be made from pears. But that drink is known as perry. The drink was popular in England for centuries, but fell out of favor during the second half of the 20th century. That turned around in the 1990s when the drink was rebranded as pear cider. Now, unless it's a pear apple cider, it's not a true cider. There has to be apple in it. The base of the cider, the cider itself, has to be made from apple. Because apple is the only thing that can be made into a cider. Apples and only apples. Not pears, not oranges, not mandarins. Apples. This I knew, too, that pineapple works as a natural meat tenderizer. The fruit is packed with the enzyme bromelain, which also is the enzyme which breaks down protein chains, making an ideal marinade for meats when you don't have a lot of time. But for some reason, pineapple does not work for jams or jellies, since the enzyme breaks down gelatin as well. The bromelain is so strong that pineapple processors have to wear protective gloves. Otherwise, over time, that enzyme eats away at the skin on their faces and hands, leaving dry skin and small sores. So, you know when you pop a piece of pineapple in your mouth and you get that tingly, burny, and a lot of people are like, oh, I'm allergic, I'm allergic, I can't eat it, I can't eat it, it's eat. Well, no. What is happening is the pineapple is trying to eat you. So, put it in your mouth, chew it up, swallow it really, really quickly. Now, once it gets to your stomach, your own acids will overpower the bromelain and you'll be fine. But while it's sitting in your mouth, that piece of pineapple that you're trying to eat is trying to eat you. So, Keep that in mind. Ah, humans are the only animals that blush. And according to Mark Twain, man is the only animal that blushes or needs to. thought that was kind of funny. Okay, so this I found really interesting because how many people have gone to the mall and got lost? You're standing in the food court and you're going, which way do I don't, I'm lost. I don't know. I don't know where I came in. Did you know that it's actually called the Gruen Transfer? Now, We've all heard about how casinos are designed to deliberately disorient visitors, causing them to lose track of time and where exactly they are. But did you know that there's a similar strategy behind the design of shopping malls as well? Officially known as the Gruen Transfer, this phenomenon was named after Austrian architect Victor Gruen, who identified how an intentionally confusing layout could lead to consumers spending more time and money in a shopping venue though he would later disavow that approach. Holy moly, and I thought I was good. Well, used to be good. Did you know that a wood frog can hold its pee for up to eight months? Could you imagine having to pee for eight months and not doing it? Um, no. Talking about having to go. Wood frogs in Alaska have been known to hold their urine for up to eight months, sticking it out through the region's long winters before relieving themselves once temperatures increase. 
Okay. So we've had some really, really cold days here in, in Ontario. I understand that. If I have to live outside and I have to drop trow and pee outside, I will hold it as long as I possibly can before exposing those delicate bits to the elements. The urine actually helps keep the animal alive while it hibernates with special microbes in their gut that recycle the urea, oh, that recycle the urea, urine's main waste, into nitrogen. Don't light a match around the frog. They might explode. So, okay. I think maybe our live studio audience and guests are ready. Nope, nope. I got the just a moment again. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go. All right. I have two. Well, I have a live studio audience special guest and then they have a very special guest. And then I have, well, I have two very special guests and the live studio audience because I kind of have to have them here. There's a reason. You'll see in a minute. We're just waiting for people to get organized and, you know, makeup and, and wardrobe aren't finished with them yet. And can you name that tune? If you said the theme song from Jeopardy, you would be wrong. Well, no, you'd be right. It was. But it's also, I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle. Here is my spout. When the get all singed up, hear me shout. Hey, look, it's my live studio audience. <laughs> Hello, live studio audience. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the cuter one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Hello, Miss Zoe. How are you? Good. Good. So, do you, do you know why you're here? To interview all the Yes, we are going to discuss Sing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies. I happen to have my copy right here. And there's a reason why I had to have you on the interview. Because, yes, your dad wrote it, but he wrote it for you and your sister. And he did it in such a way that he actually put you and your sister and your brother into the story, which I thought was really, really cool. I want you to think back. Do you remember the very, very first piece that he wrote for The Missing Unicorn? Now, this is going back a, a while, two years. No. <laughs> Well, I happen to have some reference material. Hold on. You talk about you being eight. You're not eight anymore, are you? No. Nope. <laughs> so it's all about two little sisters and these adventures that they go on, right? And they're trying to find their friend, Yoon, the magical unicorn. And from what I've understood, because I've kind of been around for a while watching this being written, uh, eagerly awaiting the next installment every month, is that you actually had help. You helped in writing the book. Yep. You gave ideas and suggestions, and then you made him, you made your dad read it to you every time he wrote a new piece. Right? Did you ever tell him, oh, no, no, that's not going to work. You need to do that again. No. no I don't think I have. <laughs> dad, did she? <laughs> How hard of a person was she? There, I'm trying to remember. There was one. She was like, no. Uh, no. Oh, you know what it was? It was where the hands were coming up through the the ground. That was actually a lot scarier the first first round. She she kept saying that was too scary, too scary, too scary. So I went in and, and changed. That's it. That would that be that, the end of chapter four. That <laughs> actually, yeah, because that was an idea that I took from another story I wrote 
a long time ago. The inn and um, oh, gee, yeah, I agree with you, Zoe. That was a little scary. And I, I, I implemented it with it, but yeah, I mean, to the original draft, it was a lot. In hindsight, it was a lot darker than what you got, and that particular scene itself was pretty dark. I think it was the darkest scene in the whole book. Well, I'm kind of glad you uh, got on him and cracked the whip and said, uh, no, you need to fix that. Well done. So, have you told all your friends that your dad wrote a book? Yeah, I told Emily, my friend from school. Mm-hmm. And did you tell her you were in the book? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me ask you. I know, we're all focused on you because, you know, whatever. <laughs> he just wrote it, but it's all, you know, it's all about you. How does it feel to actually have a character and know when you pick up that book that that character in that book is you? How does it feel? Exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be kind of exciting. So I have, one, I have another question for you. When I come to visit and I bring my book, because I have my book, would you sign your picture in the book for me? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So what did you think of your brother's role in the book, Billy's part? Oh, Lily? Billy. No, Billy. Billy the brother. Oh. Do you remember? Is he around for like a lot or is it just like for like little? It was a little bit. Parts. Yeah, he comes remember? and saves Emma and Olivia at one point. The dark world with the, the dark elves or the dark dwarves. Uh-huh. Remember? And he, he makes it light. I'm going to have to reread. Or, yeah, reread. <laughs> uh, I think you are. That actually happened last year, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was chapter because, you know. Not like there I don't know where they are in the book. <laughs> I've I, I read the story a few times. Um, I edited it every month. And when I would edit it, I would have to go back. That's chapter 11, by the way. Um, I would have to go back and I would have to reread all the other chapters so that I could make sure continuity was carrying on. So I know the book really, really well. So, Mr. Montoya, what possessed you to write a children's book? <laughs> I mean, you you were in the process of writing this very adult, very dark action murder mystery crime. crime. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's chocolate bunnies and magical unicorns. Did you fall and bump your head? (laughs) It just it was something that I felt needed to be done. If anything, how do I explain it? It was for the girls. It was simply for the girls. I, I it didn't. I mean, it gained traction on the magazine, The World of Myth, but it was never meant for anybody other than the girls. As we got further and further in, and you and I started talking about the actual, okay, we've got a book here. Um, you know, that, that just, I, I needed to finish the story. There is the ending, is quite frankly, and I, I will pat myself on the back, one of my better endings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She patted me on the She'll back. pat you on the back for it, yeah. <laughs> but the idea, what really motivated me is the idea that I've read it to her. I've read it to Lily. And then I hopefully one day they'll read it to their kids. And then one day their kids will read it to their kids. And so on and so on and so on and so on. <laughs> and they'll tell yes. two friends and they'll tell two friends. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you're kind of hoping that the bond that you have with your girls will live on generation to generation to generation. Yeah. That's very cool. Very sweet. (laughs) Okay. 
Zoe, I want to talk about the end of the book for a minute. And if you don't want to talk about the end of the book, we don't have to talk about the end of the book. Just say, nope. I'm very used to that. My niece says that word all the time. Somebody very special comes into the end of the book. <laughs> how did you feel about that? Happy. You happy? And how did you like the picture of her? You like, it, it was a thumbs up. <laughs> so it made you feel really good that your mama was incorporated into the story and that she will also live on in that book. Yeah. She's grinning, by the way. I know you guys can't see it. I can see it. She's got a big grin on her face. <laughs> she's fighting back. And she's giggling. And she's giggling. That was not the original ending, but that ending was better than the ending that I had planned. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was okay. it was the perfect ending. It was absolutely the perfect way to wrap up that part of the story. I thought it was perfect. So you kind of um, <laughs> you've kind of hinted throughout the story about other stories, uh-huh. other events that have happened. Even though you wrapped up the missing unicorn, we found the unicorn. He's all good. He's happy. Yes, that was a spoiler. You kind of left the end of the book with, uh, and then, dot, dot, dot. So are there plans for more books? Is this a one-off or is this going to be a series of adventures for Emma and Olivia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the, the be- <laughs> terribly sorry, but somehow Siri seemed to think that I needed to talk about Lego. <laughs> The story, actually, book two picks up after dinner. Okay, folks, you heard that here first. Book two. Book two. You've heard that here. I have the exclusive. There will be a book two. (laughs) It broke here first. It might take another two years to write, but yes, I do plan. That's fine. Awesome. So how many books are there in the series? Because I know you well. (laughs) Well, you have going forward, but you also have books. Like prequels, because Billy's Billy's adventures. <laughs> yeah. Billy had adventures too. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the character's name, but I remember it was a Griffin. His character was a Griffin. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to find it quite as quickly. Ah, uh, that was one of my favorite parts: the comb branches with the combs. That was her idea. I <laughs> love that, Zoe. I absolutely love that because I remember, and I mean, I'm reading that and I'm doing this. I've got my shoulders up and I'm kind of like hiding my head because when I was little, my mom would comb my hair with one of those fine tooth combs. So I'm reading this part about these comb branches and I'm like, ah, no, no, I don't don't have that would feel. I didn't like it. It was a very good idea, Zoe. I really liked it. What made you come up with comb branches? I Ladies and gentlemen, we have had, we now have the second of the sisters joining the podcast. <laughs> That's who you can hear in the background. <laughs> and the missing unicorn. He's trying to escape the don't kill the cat. Don't kill the cat. Okay, so now that Lily's here, uh-huh. ask Lily what she thinks about being in daddy's book. Come here. Hello, Miss Lily. Hi. How are you? Good. 
said, we are doing an interview and we're talking about Daddy's book. So, what's it like to be in Daddy's book? You're happy? Do you like being in Daddy's book? Thumbs up. (laughs) And how do you like being in the book with your sister, Zoe? Good. Good? Uh, Folks, I will tell you, I I watch these two girls an awful lot on the screen when I'm talking to their dad, and I see them interact. And what you see in the book is very much the relationship that Zoe and Lily have. Isn't it, Zoe? Hello. Hi. Welcome back to the interview. (laughs) (laughs) Lily, you get along with your sister like Emma and Olivia get along, don't you? I like (laughs) you. You like you? No. So do you want Daddy to write more books? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, Zoe, anything you want to say? (laughs) No. (laughs) Don't you love it when I put you on the spot like that? And the funny thing is, is her dad has absolutely no idea what we're saying. Because I don't think he has the earpiece back. Oh, nope, he doesn't have the earpiece back. So I could be telling a whole lot of... Yeah, nope, he's not getting it back now. Oh, there we go. Nope, I think Lily and Zoe have taken over the interview. We have lost the author, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you know, we have lost the author to the interview. It's okay. The author's not that important. It's the stars of the story. So you know he's going to listen to this later, and I'm going to get a, going to get a look from him. We're going to pause for a moment because Zoe's having a hard time breathing. We're going to let her breathe. Okay, Zoe, breathe. Joe, play some breathing music or something at this part because Lily's trying to breathe. Or Zoe's trying to breathe. Lily's teasing her dad with the earpiece. It's kind of funny. Run, Lily, run. <laughs> Tell your dad that that's my fault, not to yell at her. That was me. That was all me. That's my fault. And I just want to talk about the pictures. What did you think about the pictures in the book done by artist Jenna Sparks? Cool. She did a very good job, didn't she? Yep. And I love the pictures that she did of you and Lily and your brother because they look very much like you guys. So what's your favorite picture? <laughs> The mama one. The mama one? Nice. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that picture, too. That's an awesome picture. I like two ones. I like bunny. Yeah, the the bunny with the missing butt. The chocolate (laughs) bunny with the missing butt. (laughs) My butt. So did you think the story was going to be this long when Daddy started it? Yeah. No, Lily did. (laughs) No. I thought it was I did not think that was going to be that long. Yeah. So what was your favorite part about him writing the story? The missing unicorn. She's like, the missing unicorn. That was your favorite part, Lily? Yeah, the unicorn was your favorite part? Did you like it when he was writing it or when he would read it to you or when he would ask you for ideas? I think I was the one who gave the ideas, but I'm not sure. Hmm? Oh, I think you were. I think you were. Yeah, I think I, I think I was the one like, no, do this, do that, do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you wrote the story. He just took dictation, basically. <laughs> yeah. I did some ideas. And he turned those ideas into a wonderful book. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you very much for being on my show. You're, I think, the best guest I've had. And I've had a couple. I've had Mike and I've had Jay. I haven't had Mythmaster yet. So you've been on my show before. Mythmaster has. Ha ha. <laughs> so we'll have, to, we'll have to tease him. You're better than Mythmaster. You made it on the show before he did. <laughs> but I want to thank you very, very much, you and your sister, for being on my show. And when I come to see you guys, I'm going to get you both to sign my book. Okay? Do you have anything you want to say to my listeners about the book? Go get the book. Go get the book. (laughs) Thank you very much, Zoe. So now I'm going to pick your dad's brain about the book. If you can keep the earpiece long enough. You've written the book. You've published the book. You've sold some books. How's it feel to be on this side of the table? Usually you're on the publisher's side of the table and you're sitting back talking to an author who's just had all of this happen. Now it's your turn. How has the ride been for you so far? It's it's been I'm trying to think of the right word. Banana. Yes. <laughs> it's been fantastic. It really has. I just I write to write. I don't write. I, there's there's people out there in this world that write for the public. I just write to write. You know the 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 greatest thing that is fairly new for me is I have people that are contacting me that I don't even know with. Shots of the, you know, of the book, holding the book. Hey, I bought your book. You know that that is total new experience, and that's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. So it's it's been really it's been a, a very memorable experience thus far. And we really haven't even had an opportunity just because of everything that's going on to really push the book. So mm-hmm. yes, we we are now going we're going to do that shortly. So now jumping over to the publisher, Dave. From author Dave. Now that you've sat in the author's chair and you've had the experience and you've published, you've had your book published, your story is out there. It's in the hands of strangers that you will never meet. You will never know. How is that going to or is that even going to change how you approach authors now as a publisher, knowing how they feel and the anxieties and the excitements and the fears and all of that I don't think it's going to change me much, if any at all, because I think as a publisher, I try to be very open-minded from the get-go. So I, I think that as far as publisher day, I really don't see anything. Well, other than like, and you know, we're, we've talked, we've been talking about with the board meetings. You know, there's, a, you know, we're changing things a little bit that I'm not willing to talk publicly yet on the podcast. But you know, a lot of that stems from uh, this experience. No, there's it's kind of opened my eyes because it, it has I've been publisher day for a long time I've been business day for a long time but it, it, I haven't been writer day it kind of opened my eyes to things which for other authors or anybody that signed with us they're going to benefit from you heard that here too folks <laughs> it's a good thing it's a good thing trust me it's a good thing so where is said book available. Well, there's only one place that I'm willing to plug. Do it. Hello, now's your opportunity. Go to mythmart.com and click on books. You'll find it under Kids Books, I believe. I don't remember how how to get there. It would be under the M Kids brand. Yes. Uh, yeah, go to books. You click on it. And then it says M, M Kids Press. You click on that. And there it is right there. I think personally is that I priced it fairly reasonable as well. Because mm-hmm. for a kid's book, it is a big book. It's over 200 pages long. It's only seven bucks. 
247 pages. It is very reasonably priced, even for those of us in Canada. Just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's under, uh, let's see, www.mythmart.com slash m hyphen kids hyphen press. And that's how you get that. And the reason why we are promoting MythMart is not because it is part of our company. Well, yes, it is part of our company, but because everything that you buy from MythMart, more of the royalties go to the actual artist. Yes. They get the appreciation for their work. Not so the company makes money, so that the artist makes money, so that the author makes money. Because I'll tell you one thing, as, as an author trying to make a living, as an author, it's a good thing I have a day job because <laughs> I'd be a skinny living in a cardboard box under a bridge author. So is there anything else you'd like to say about fabulous book and the amazing artwork and the wonderful story? Yes, um, the artwork, that's from Janice Parks. It's amazing. She nailed every single picture. She just brought the story to life. And I think that the, the pictures really enhance the words. Mm-hmm. So I can't thank her enough for her great work. Oh, I agree fully. I absolutely love the artwork. I'm actually reading the story to my three-year-old nephew. He sits and listens to every single word. And then we get to the picture. And he will tell me what that picture what part of the story that picture is from and what's going on in the picture. And his favorites are the chocolate bunnies in the tinfoil. Uh, what's has, your favorite oh, picture? That's where we are. I said that. But it's um, uh, mama one. Mama's picture. What's your favorite picture? A unicorn. The unicorn? A little unicorn. Yeah, where it's laying down. Yeah. My favorite, which is funny because it's my favorite picture, but it also makes me, yep, that's it. Yeah. I bet you I know your favorite. Okay, go for it. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's the hugging. It's on page 67, and it's the two girls hugging each other. It's my favorite, too. One of my favorites. I love all of the pictures. Jenna did such an incredible job of bringing each scene to life with the artwork. And, I mean, the cover art as well. Yeah. It looks like an old leather-bound ancient tome where where you find those magical stories and well it actually is it's the tome from the book yeah yeah in the story that's the tome yeah. that's what it looked like yeah the one that the old magus has that they they take all the spells from and she nailed the girls and she nailed jay that was very important before we even really got into the layouts i told her number one draw draw what speaks to I never told her to draw this world out. But I was very adamant that Emma and Olivia had to look like Zoe and Lily. Yeah. They had to have glasses since both my girls wear glasses all the time. Mm-hmm. So that was, I was very adamant about those things. But other than that, I told her to go draw what parts of the story spoke to her. Because you get more well, creative that way than just being saying, yeah. draw this, draw this, draw this. Yeah. I, just, I love her. her depiction of Theo because he really does like when you read it you just you fall in love with Theo he's just he's so okay at the beginning he's a little whiny yes <laughs> he's, he, yes exactly Zoe exactly he's a big old crybaby <laughs> he, he's a little sad and, and and kind of pathetic but he he comes into his own and he's 
you do picture this very cute little gnome and 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 she captured that perfectly in in the depiction and the the scene that she drew with his mother kneeling in front of him that just kind of i I choked up at that that was like oh he was getting his own don't like king just saying oh this is total spoiler this i mean the the title of this is going to be spoiler alert if you haven't read the book don't listen to the podcast or if you do not want spoilers do not yeah if you don't want spoilers don't read it (laughs) Um, I think another one of my absolute favorites, and I'm just trying to find it. And I've been flipping through the lap for the last five minutes, in case you haven't noticed, trying to find that picture because she did it so inc- like it's just I, I passed it the once and thought, OK, I'll come back to it. I should have stuck my finger in there and marked it. I got a, uh, well, yeah, you know, there's that. I probably could have. Which is really funny because being a writer and being somebody who loves to read, I don't own a bookmark <laughs> at all. Bookmark to be found. I use scraps of paper. I've used my debit card and then spent three days trying to find. Ah, there it is. Trying to find my debit card. <laughs> the swamp dragon. Because you're reading that part and it's like he's he's going to eat you. He's a swamp dragon. He's not very friendly. And then you see the picture of him. And you're like, oh, look at those big eyes. He's just, he's adorable. Okay, swamp dragon, go ahead. Digest me. <laughs> you know, he's very, he's very, very cute. Sneaky, but cute. And the sunflowers are, I, I have a thing for sunflowers. I do like Mr. Swamp Dragon very much. Yes, that was actually the reason why I used sunflowers. Was that was Lacey's favorite flower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of of her in this book. There's a lot of your girls in this book. I think it's a very special is book for your family. And, and what's that so? Me and Lily are the main characters. You are. And brother. Yep. And I think throughout the series, I think you two are going to remain the main characters. Yes. It's gonna and be all about you girls. Your adventures. Fine. Taking taking the characters, Emma and Olivia, in the beginning of the book, which were how they were two years ago to how they ended in the book that mm-hmm. development you know so the reader is legitimately getting to see girls grow up which is really really cool and when you girls get older you can go back and you can read the book and go oh was mm. i really like that mm. you guys are pretty awesome though like you say so i i mean i don't see every day but i'm trying to find the picture of okay so For our listeners, because I consistently mispronounce his name. Can you say his name for our listeners so that when they're reading it, they're not going to hear my voice butchering the name. They're going to hear yours pronouncing it correctly. I'm going to assume you're talking about Schwarzmuggle. That's the one! (laughs) Because you know how I say it. Schwarzmuggle, yeah. Schwarzmuggle. Schwarzmuggle. Yeah, I completely butcher it. I think I call him shirt smuggle or something like that. <laughs> and I've read it and I've never pronounced That's it correctly. Short smuggle. Okay. Short smuggle. There it is. Yeah, I don't pronounce it correctly. I never have. I probably never will. So, any last words on the missing unicorn in the land of the zombie fairies? You can also go grab it on Kindle if you're uh, you know, somebody that prefers. To read it digitally. That's or, or you can get the book and read it and like follow along. That's it, so. We're not there yet. 
Well, thanks for being here. It's been a, a fun, fun ride. Now, next uh, time I come back and we talk about a book, it's going to be a total different book. Yeah. That'll be a um, no kids allowed in the room kind of interview because it's the no kids in the allowed in the room kind of book. <laughs> I can't. I've read everything up to this point. Well, that's been published. Yeah, I've read everything up to this point, and certain parts of that book I can't read before bed. I made that mistake, and I won't do it again. This I can read before bed. Yeah. Actually, no. This I cannot read before bed because um, I've already read through it twice at bedtime. I've started it and like, okay, I'll just read a couple of chapters till I'm sleepy. And the next thing I know, I'm doing this, closing the book going, well, crap. I have to get up in an hour and a half and I've just completely read the entire book. So, um, yeah, it's a really good book. I would suggest you read it in the afternoon, read it to small children and stop when they go to bed and don't pick it up until they get up. And it's completely family friendly. I mean, you'll listen, oh yeah, you'll, you'll, you, that's one of the things that I've read it to. Also, before I, I let you go, is uh, you know people kind of like oh zombies, no, 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 no. zombie fairies, and they don't. <laughs> that was well done. Good impersonation. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Cutest zombie child I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's killing me. I might have to have a new co-host. I might actually have to have a co-host. We'll just have Zoe on every once in a while. She'll be my co-host. And just sit and giggle. <laughs> so what adventures do you think they should do next, Zoe? Where do you think they should go next? Because I think your dad already has an idea. But, you know, we've already established you wrote the first book. He just took dictation. <laughs> oh, he can hear me this time, can't he? <laughs> So where do you think they should go next? Do you think they should, well, you think they should stay in the magical land, like through the TV land and just go to a different world in that land? This time, maybe they should like uh, bring in one of my stuffies and like he gets lost and they have to go on an adventure to find my stuffy. Dougie. Dougie. <laughs> because you can, you've already, Dougie's already gone missing. Hi. And you already can tell daddy exactly how that felt. And how good it felt when you found them. Oh, that would be perfect. I think that would be a very good story. I really look forward to listening. Maybe you could write it and just hand it to him and he could just fix it for you. Edit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have a job after this interview. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, you wanted to know earlier why I, you know, and don't fire me. Okay. Thank you so much for being on Lupus Bits and for sharing your insights and your stories about the missing unicorn. I thoroughly watched the, or thoroughly enjoyed, missed a word, thoroughly enjoyed watching the inception of the entire story as it was being created every month. It was a very cool experience from this side of the table to watch this kind of be born into being and watching the girls get excited about it every month and reading about everything that was happening in the story and then to actually have it as an entire book all together is very cool. Um, so congratulations. Congratulations, Zoe. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> Banana. Minion. Minion. That's a that's a private joke between Joey and Zoe and I when I was there for PCE. It was her nickname, Minion. <laughs> <laughs> 
I want to thank you guys for being on the show. And I look forward to having this autographed when I come to Scarefair in October. Where can our listeners find you people? You can find Zoe's artwork in the world of myth almost every month because she's an incredible little artist and getting better every month. Keeps it simple. Yes. Okay, well, thank you for being on the show, and hopefully we can have you back on and talk about something else new and exciting. That's The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies, available on MythMart.com. Go grab yourself a copy. You will not be disappointed, I promise. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wasn't that fun? Oh, that child. I'll tell you, the two of them, they are so adorable. We just want to like, eat them up like chocolate. I'm telling you, it's a good book. My three-year-old nephew is absolutely enjoying the story. I'm reading it to him, and he's experiencing it for the first time. And it's really cool because, like I said, I've read this story a lot. And um, I've edited it. I've kind of been there as it's being created. He would write a piece, and then he'd be like, oh, here, here, you got to read this, you got to read this. I didn't read it. To see my three-year-old nephew experiencing it for the first time is kind of cool. So, yeah, it's really good. Okay, so I think we are at an hour 15, and I knew, I, I, I kind of knew this was going to be a different podcast. I wanted to do the interview with Dave and with Zoe, and briefly with Lily, and I wanted to talk about his book, because it has been such a big part of his life for so long, two years, and being the editor for the magazine, it's kind of been a part of my life for two years every month and I know Zoe was very excited about doing the interview and I wanted to have her here because she is one of the main characters in the book her dad wrote the book for her and her sister and the two main characters are Zoe and Lily in the book different names obviously but I wanted to have Zoe on and do the interview with the two of them well with three of them so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got a kick out of Zoe, just like I do. That child is so adorable. And I hope you had some fun with our Friday of Fun Facts. And before I... See, I told you I wasn't going to read all 175 of them. I will give you a few more... Now, speaking of bunnies, because bunnies are in The Missing Unicorn. There are chocolate bunnies. Evil chocolate bunnies in the missing unicorn so speaking of bunnies i'm going to close you guys out to close this podcast out for this week with an interesting fun fact about bunnies did you know bunnies can't puke so when you're reading the missing unicorn and you come across those bunnies remember bunnies can't puke unlike cats or other animals that can cough up hairballs when they digest too much fur and other indigestible materials which bunnies tend to eat Bunnies are incapable of spewing. Their digestive system only goes one way, so the furry little critters swallow plenty of roughage, which keeps things moving in the right direction. Wow. Okay, so I'm going to share this one with you, because I didn't know it, and then I'm going to end the, end the podcast. I promise. The M in M&Ms stands for Mars and Murray. That would be Forrest Mars and Bruce Murray, the two businessmen who created the candy-coated chocolates. See? Bunnies and chocolate. Chocolate bunnies. Read the book. You'll understand. 
the two actually had a very contentious relationship as Mars leveraged Murray out of his 20% share in the company in 1949. Years before M&M's would become the best-selling candy in the U.S., paying him just $1 million for a share of the business that would quickly be worth billions. Oh, I see now. Okay, I got to stop scrolling because I keep coming up with really good fun facts. And this one, the human body literally glows. Might be hard to see with your naked eye, but everyone you pass by every day is literally glowing. The human body emits a small quantity of visible light. Visible in the technical sense, the illumination is about a thousand times less intense than the levels of light that we would actually be able to see. Researchers in Japan, of course Japan, used a special camera to track this glow and found that it fluctuates throughout the day, with the body emitting its lowest levels of light around 10 a.m. and the highest around 4 p.m., a rhythm the scientists attribute to the changes in one's metabolism. Now, some people would refer to that as like an aura. So, okay, I swear, that's it. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not, read any more fun facts to you. I'm going to close this podcast out. So if you want to come find me, you can find me at Lupus Bits the Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, all by the same name. If you want to find just me, you can find me at Stephanie J. Barty on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me at Lupa Barty on Facebook, at Lupa Barty on Twitter, and on um, that ticky-tocky thing, TikTok, uh, at Lady Lou Who. So come find me. I'm around. And don't forget, next week, 52. And I have a long list of people that I have put out calls to for anecdotes, messages, stories. And unfortunately, I have told every single one of them, have fun with it. Say whatever you want. It's my show. There's no restrictions. Have fun with it. Mythmaster came back with a <laughs> little does he remember that I get to edit absolutely everything that goes through here. And if I don't like it, I don't have to send it to the producer. So, yeah, it's going to be if, if all of these people come back with with stuff for next week's show, um, it's going to be Kevin Adams and Mythmaster. It's going to be Mike and Jay from the Three Nose. Uh, that one has me a little nervous. Going to be Dave. That one doesn't have me as nervous because, you know, he wants to keep me hanging around for a while because kind of valuable. My daughter-in-law, Amber, that one scares me. <laughs> She's married into the family, so she can say pretty much anything and I can't get rid of her. Can't get mad at her. Misha, who's known me 21 years. Uh, Crystal and Brian, who have known me 16 years. Jenny, who has known me for odd years. She's known me. Oh, good God. Jenny has known me since I was in, we were both actually in grade three. Grade three. So I think, yeah, since we were nine, so 40 years. 40 years. Uh, Steve, he's known me 30 years. My mom. Yes, my mom. There will be a conversation with my mom. Now, she's like, oh, no, no, I can't. You know, I'll freeze up. I can't talk. I can't talk. I can't talk. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down beside the woman. I'm going to hit record. Her and I are either going to have an argument or a conversation. Either way, it's going to end up on the show. And my very good friend, Melissa, who has known me since high school when I dated her brother. So it's an interesting um, group of people. 
each with stories and anecdotes and ridiculous things that they can um, share with you about me. And it'll give you a little insight as to who I was and why I am the way I am and how I got here. Uh, Some of the stories might be, how the heck did you survive? All right. That's it for me this week. I hope you guys will all enjoy this podcast. I will see you all next week. Um, By then, I will have hopefully have held my new little niece. And uh, we will be here to celebrate. Um, I may have some live guests. It all depends on how well I can coordinate. Next week, 52, one year celebrate. And it's going to be called the one year of podcasts episode. So this is the spoiler alert, Missing Unicorn episode. And I'm telling you, go out and get a book, mythmart.com. All right, everybody. Have a good one. See ya. Carry on all the wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry.